Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I want to welcome you all today. I have a special guest that is super special to me because she comes from the mental health field. And we all know how much I love mental health, regardless of how much you may not. It is extremely relevant and necessary. Um, we need to have these conversations more often than not. And she's here to talk about everything from life, health, healing, from the mind, body, and soul. So I want to welcome to the show, Christy. And I don't Max want to put your last name. Maxie. Maxie. Christy Maxie. That's like a, a very, very infectious last name. I like it. Maxie. <laughs> Max. You know, you do it to the max. So can you tell listeners who you are and what you do? Yeah. Thanks for having me, Anika. Um, so yeah, my name is Christy Maxie. I'm a personal development coach and I was a therapist for 20 years in private practice. And at one point decided that I actually had been thinking about it for a couple of years and going into coaching because I felt that most people that came to me did not have a mental illness and that yet they still struggle with um, mostly negative core beliefs, not, and then also too not managing their emotions, not knowing how to manage their emotions. And um, so I wanted to go out into uh, a broader audience and I decided to go into personal development coaching and really teach what I call kind of the wounded well, all these people that are out there being successful and but still struggling and still feeling like they're not good enough and it affecting their self-worth. And so that's what I'm doing. You know, you said a mouthful because a lot of people do not understand that, you know, the way that you look on the outside or your perception of success will make you happy or money makes you happy. And then they get it and then they, they're still not happy. And so you just touched on a, a specific person that finds value in all the wrong things. You know, it's like you reach for the stars, you think that this is going to be it. But if you never fill that hole, if you never heal from those wounds, no matter what you do and what you build on top of that, it's going to crumble. Yeah, that's what I call. And you're right. It happens all the time. I call it other esteem. Like getting the degree, getting, getting the job and getting the guy or getting whatever, having so much money or having this appearance, that's I'll other, be happy if, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's a false sense of self-esteem. Wow. And so, yeah, I call that other esteem. True self-esteem is really, really uh, valuing yourself from your core. Mm -hmm. I am valuable. I am good enough. And when people start getting that, first of all, it's not that difficult. And yet, Nobody ever teaches this stuff. So, so many people run around feeling and believing. And that's the thing. They're believing a false belief. I'm not good enough. I was so, going to ask you, like, where does it come from? Because you just said that we're not taught it. Because, you know, we gain self-concept at a young age. But the thing about it is it's false oftentimes. And, you know, we're not built to um, see ourselves in a certain light. And... I noticed that most women that I have on the podcast that I, you know, encounter find our self-worth like in our late thirties, you know, I say anywhere yeah. around 35 is where you actually figure out who you are. And yesterday um, we had a self-doubt podcast and uh, it was a panel and she said, I to it. Yeah. Yeah, she said she found herself after a divorce. And I was like, 
isn't that interesting how you kind of do have a rebirth and it's just different, but it's true because I'm finding that, you know, we kind of go through life winging it like we think we're supposed to, you know, our emotions are rotten. We go from toxic relationship to toxic relationship. We may like how the outside looks and hate the inside or vice versa, but it really takes us a long time to figure it all out. And you just yeah. said, we're really not taught. Right. There's a quote that I saw the other day. It was, I think it's something like, wait a minute. I, they taught me how, what a parallelogram is, but I don't know how to love myself. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, even our parents, like, that was one thing that I, another reason why I just needed to get out of mental health is because there's so much stigma for mental health. And, and um, yet it's so necessary. We, and, and it's not about blaming. It's not about blaming our parents because yeah. who taught, nobody taught our parents. Exactly. To do anything, you know, to do anything differently. They're, they're not valuing themselves half the time. Mm -hmm. And so, but yeah, I think that we learn these things in childhood usually, and it might be just a little, I don't know if you, I'm sure you've heard of small T trauma and big T, big T trauma, but you know, it could just be a little, like I, I was working with a man this week who um, had a history when he was younger in, in school, and he's like in his 40s now. But so when he was in school, every time he would go, the first day of class, the teachers would say, oh, you're going to be just like your brother. Ooh. And so, that, yeah, so, you know, that really hit him and in, in his core. And then he, what we do is we make up a negative belief about us. Yes. I'm not good enough. There's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And it but can what, come from one statement like that. True. Exactly. And then you carry it for the next 30 okay. years. Yep. Isn't that crazy? It, it doesn't crazy. have to be like that. You know what annoys me about what you just said is the fact that nobody else takes responsibility for the self-concept of others. Mm. Nobody thinks of what they say and how it affects somebody. You know, I got frustrated this week because somebody told my both two of my children, they told them that you're not responsible for um, what people do to you, but you're responsible for how you react. The problem was they never reprimanded the people for treating them wrong. And, right. and that's the thing that's missing is that, you know, people don't know that their behavior towards you impacts you. And yeah. like you said, you don't know how bad that sticks to somebody. You may think that it's simple. You may think that it's irrelevant, but to the right person and to the right person with scars. Yeah, it's unfortunate, huh? It happens all the time, unfortunately. And one of the other things that happens is like, let's say, yeah, like you're right. We like, if I said something mean like that to somebody, I would feel bad. I would feel ashamed, right? That's healthy shame. Mm -hmm. But what happens when sometimes some people will say something and they don't realize that it's hurting them and they don't have that shame. What the, the victim then, or the person that was it. hurt, um, will then carry that shame. So there's some, there's not only changing their negative uh, or their core belief about who they are. They also carry a guilt or a shame or a sense that they did something wrong when I, so part of healing is helping them reprocess it and say, wait a minute, let's, let's look at this. Really? Who said something that maybe they should have been ashamed of? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. or what's so that projection? Like, were they projecting their own feelings on me? Right. You have to raise that awareness because, you know, when you finally do have self-worth, you can realize that that's somebody else's issue that's projecting on you. But 
most people, they don't have that awareness to even know. That is the magic word because that is the first step. You have to become aware. That's what I tell everybody. You cannot change anything until you first become aware. Mm -hmm. And there's different steps to awareness. There's the denial. There's the I'm not aware at all. And then there's starting to become aware, but I don't know how to change it. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, now I can start changing it. And it feels good. Yes, exactly. And then, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it feels real good to finally value yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. And then there's the awareness of it doesn't even bother me at all anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's this natural transformation that people get to make out of, you know, this negative core belief that causes low self-worth, that causes a lot of angst, anxiety, depression, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't you know, people can change that. I want everybody to know that. I want the whole world to know that they can change how they believe about themselves. It's just a belief. It's not a fact. It's a ripple effect too, because once you start changing that, then you're able to demand respect. You're able to demand healthy relationships. You, you feel like you have a right to demand different things in your life. And, you know, I like the fact that you literally just broke down transformation. We use the word all the time in our business, but a lot of people, like regular people, they don't get it. They're like, there goes that word again. There goes that life coach again. But realistically, (laughs) people need to understand that transformation is a true process and there's no time limit on it. It's just a matter of being able to walk the steps. But a lot of people get stuck in step three and four. As you just mentioned, you said it's, um, it's being able to identify that you need to make a change and then making the change. That's where it seems that everybody gets stuck. Well, because they don't know how. I think sometimes, like, even if they start becoming aware that, gosh, I really, I I believe I'm a loser, I'm permanently damaged or whatever, I'm not good enough, but they don't know how to change it. So, you know, sometimes, what's good about the internet now is there is a lot more information out there. But sometimes you do need somebody to help walk you through it. And what I like to do in my work is very experiential because I believe that people just move quicker through experiencing, you know, imagine that teacher sitting right across from you. You know, what would you like to say to that teacher? What does it feel like to have that teacher right there that said that thing to you? And so then they can start experiencing the transformation Mm -hmm. and they can start really feeling it and owning it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I was going to ask you, what is your suggestion to somebody in that predicament? Um, What would you say to somebody? You said, have somebody get a coach, have somebody walk it with you. But what would you say to somebody who, who knows that they need change, but has no idea how to execute? It's a good question. It's a really good question. And I think, again, awareness and mindfulness is really important to start getting to know yourself, start getting to know what what do you need in interviewing people what do you need what do you need asking yourself what do we yeah it it is a powerful thing because so often like we talked about earlier we think we need that new car or we think we need that new relationship and and really i encourage people to dive in a little bit deeper to ask themselves what do they if they were valuing themselves what would they be doing what would they need? You know, it's funny because some people can't even visualize that. Yeah, it's new. It's interesting. So one of my, when I work with clients, a lot of times I will say, you know, I'm going to ask you two things at the beginning of our session. One, 
what's going better for you? And the other one is, what do you need today for me? And people are like, uh, Look like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But I say, you know what? It's okay if you don't know, but you're going to learn because you're going to learn to know much better what you need yep. all the time. Yep. And when you, when you know what you need, then you know how to get it, you right. know? And that's the difference is a lot of people don't stop to think about that. They, they fulfill the needs of others to avoid yep. their own needs. Bingo. Yes, 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 yes. That's a big one. Interesting. That's a big one. This is what I tell. Yeah. When they're dealing, I mean, I think we all do that, especially at, even us in the, in the helping profession. We, oh my gosh. Yes. What do we call we it? For others. Yes. Yeah. And pretty soon we've not done all these things that we should have done for ourselves. Right. We're great teachers horrible students but great teachers yeah. <laughs> everybody yells at me and says what did you do for self uh self-care today and i'm like stop talking to me because <laughs> it you, you're right we 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 help others and and that's that's what comes to mind first um but you know what i think it's i think it's a calling for people like us who can identify the needs of others when they can't even identify the needs themselves. Oh yeah. I as mean it's a responsibility almost. Well and I, I just think there's some people like we love self growth, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's my passion. I love it, right? Um yeah, it, one of the things that I notice with men in particular men and oftentimes men are have no awareness of this because who would ever think that men do uh don't take care of themselves but they really you know they take care of their families they do their jobs they come in and like let's say i'm working with a couple and the woman's like well i want this and this and this and this and i'm like okay what do you want to the guy right and he's like uh he has no clue what he wants Mm -mm. so i love helping men even um get better at knowing what it is they need in their relationships, what it is they want in their lives. Um, because I think sometimes they are more codependent and, and helping other people than women are. Do you know that I've never heard anybody say that before? You have got to be an amazing woman because out of all the people I've interviewed, talked to, and even in the mental health profession, you don't, you, you don't really see people harp on the male aspect of this. And, mm-hmm. and to be honest with you, you're onto something because even in the treatment centers, that's kind of who you see more, especially at older ages. Exactly. That's, I mean, come on. Look so at, you must have a correlation here. Suicide in men is higher. I just wrote uh, a paper men, about that. Men who are primary breadwinners, they, they have a higher risk of mental illness. Mm-hmm. So yes, I I advocate for men. I love working with men. I think there's a higher stigma around men getting uh, any kind of help. Yeah. Men socialize them to not feel emotions other than anger. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's appropriate or that's more socially acceptable. So I really feel for men um, because I think they're struggling. And again, you don't have to. If they can just... Yeah, um, I was going to say something else about that, and I forget. But anyway, 
I, I mean, I'm, I'm, you have blown my mind right now because that's something I, I just wrote a paper about um, veterans and the suicide rate behind men and the ethnicities behind it because they were saying how African-American women don't commit suicide and they were saying something about spirituality and family systems. And so when you say that, it makes me think back about the treatment centers and how I had a lot of older men and oftentimes veterans or grandfathers that were now drinking as coping skills because they don't want to talk about their feelings because they were taught not to. And so they're exactly. not no vulnerability. So then they wind up drinking. And so you just, you, you really hitting that nail on the head on some stuff right now. It makes me happy. My psychological feels. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw that. that you had a, a panel of three men. I want to, I want to listen to that. I don't oh. know. I don't it was yeah. good, and I, I have to do another because I had two other ones that wanted to be on it. So now I'm like, okay, that's okay. We could do multiple, but but they've actually asked me to do a a, um, a men of impact conference. Um, I've had a lot of men feel some kind of way about me doing women, and so the fact that you said that, I'm like sitting here writing because um, I I don't have people that really want to help men, especially women, because most women entrepreneurs market to women. Mm, right. Yeah. So I noted that you actually focus on men because this is something that, you know, as women are learning how to have healthy relationships, the thing about it is a lot of men were never taught either, which is why we had so many single moms and all these things right. with, with me. It affected me. Um, I actually have a woman coming to speak at the conference about being a fatherless daughter. Um, and so this goes the same on the other side. We need to be having the conversations with men as well, because a lot of them are impacted by the same things that women are impacted with. We just show it in different ways. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Men are suffering. I really do believe that. I think that, time in silence. Exactly. More in silence. And I think they're suffering now more than ever. I really do. And a lot of them. I don't, yeah, a lot of them are starting to opt out. It's like, it's too hard. You know, they, ha they get married, they get divorced, they end up losing, you know, they work really hard and then they lose everything. Yep. And it's and really unfortunate. Yeah, they never come yeah. back. And, and so it's more acceptable for women to go to therapy or to get coaching. Uh, men, are, men are a little more apt to get coaching, I guess, but it's just so unfortunate that there's that stigma still. And I want to scream it out to the world. This is a human experience. This is about human connection and about what we all need. All. Not, not just people with a, a diagnosis. No. And you know what's funny is because a lot of people think that mental illness is schizophrenia, but people don't understand mental illness is eating disorders, anxiety, depression, PTSD, these are things that can be developed over time. They're not things that you were born with. And so even now in the DSMs, you have eating disorders and things that people didn't even know about. OCD, you know, people don't realize when you're talking about mental illness, we're not just talking about bipolar and schizophrenia like back in the day. You're talking about other things that you could actually get help with learning how to cope with and have a better quality of life. Yes, yes. I mean, we all go through grief, loss, and please um, tell people how normal it is to grieve. People think that they're not supposed right. to feel. Can you please tell people that feeling is normal, Christy? Because I'm telling you, I get tired of telling people it's okay to feel. That's so funny. I know. That's that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get out and reach a broader audience. Because yes. people will come to me. I understand. And I was always so amazed. Like, wow. Well, I have to tell you something. As a child, I remember at eight years old going, oh, my gosh. We're all these emotional beings, and nobody's talking about emotions. Thank you. 
I feel like I've always been kind of emotionally uh, literate, oh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, it's always just frustrated me that why aren't we learning about this stuff? So anyway, you and I, I don't have know. to put together. And, and it's just like me. I get called sensitive all the time. I'm like, you know what? It's normal to feel. I'm not sensitive. You're abnormal because you have no feelings. So stop calling me sensitive and just accept it that you're supposed to feel. You do something to me and I don't react, that's when you should be scared. You know, <laughs> I tell people, it's okay to have feelings. It's a matter of how long you allow yourself to feel that way. If we're grieving and we notice it's going on a little too long, then we might need to throw a flag on the play and get some help. So right. I tell people, it's okay to do things in moderation, including anxiety, depression, grief, loss, it's normal to feel some kind of way when these things anger, happen. Anger, anger. Yeah. I love anger. Anger, anger could be motivation, I, though, if you use it right. Use that's it right. right. Yes. Pump that's it right. up. Our power isn't our anger. <laughs> yes, it is. Let me tell you something. There's nothing better than somebody telling me I can't do something. You will see, you, you might as well fill my tank up with gas when you say that. <laughs> I tell everybody, just use it. You just have to learn how to use the things that are presented to you. I want you to talk about your workbook called The Max Method. Can you tell listeners about that? Okay, so I created The Method, The Max Method, um, kind of in my journey of my transition out of mental health. And I had gone through, I was going through a rough time. We had some, some tragic things happen in my, our family. We lost my sister to cancer. And I was like, I, I just got busy. I was working, 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 but I knew inside I was not, I was not well. And so I even went to some therapists, a couple, and I even tried a new one. And I, hey, each time I left, I was like, wait a minute, this isn't what I, this isn't helping me. I would leave sometimes feeling worse. <laughs> and I was starting to feel like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? And I was like, no, I am not going to go down that path of pathologizing myself. So I remember leaving a therapist's office and I'm in my car and I'm like, what? What, what do I do with my clients? And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do that with me. So I did. So I, so I went home and I was like, every morning I would get up and I would do a little bit of work. I would do some mindfulness stuff that I do with my clients some EMDR. Oh, I, I love would, EMDR, even though I, yeah, yeah I've, I've had it done. Yes. It's pretty powerful. It can I'm be powerful. You can, what can you say? I know it's, and I love it because I love anything that's going to help people move quicker. Exactly. I, I am so done with the slow boat to China and therapy. That is, it's never been my thing. I'm done with that. I, you know, I feel. And there's for, so I, many mixed methods that you can use now. It's not like it used yeah. to be of just sitting on a couch and that's it, you know? Yeah. Talk therapy just isn't sometimes enough, but I love like integrating inner child work with EMDR. So anyway, I do all this stuff on myself, right? And I started going through my grieving and I started feeling joy again. And then I came to the conclusion where I'm like, oh, wow, I've been living small in my business. Uh, that's when I decided, all right, I'm going into coaching. I'm going to grow I my business. It. So anyway, I was writing, I wrote it all down and it came into this. I'm like, oh, wow, this is interesting. This is a method. And it's an acronym for mindfulness, emotion, thought, healing, own your dreams and do it. And um, a friend of mine kind of titled it. She goes, you, you, should, you should call it Max Manuals. And then we came up with Max Method. So oh, yeah, anyway, yeah. that's what it is. I'm still working on the workbook. The, this whole transition into this new business, like you amaze me. You are an amazing business person. I am not. <laughs> I love to work with people. And I'm learning how to be a better business person. But 
my book is, I had to put it, I had to put it down for a little bit. I had hired a couple of editors and I just need some time to kind of think about it and make sure it's what I want it to be. Um, so anyway, but it is going to get published. I'm hoping I'm not even going to put a time frame on it right now. <laughs> hey, that's how you do it though. When you have a masterpiece, you don't pressure it. And you know, that's the one thing about your experience mixed with your ability to coach. I love the fact, you know, a lot of people don't understand what a coach is, but that's because coaching has so much flexibility. You know, when we were in the therapeutic aspect and working in institutions, you have conformity. You have to do this. It is governed by this. That is what made me leave. You know, and I, I said to myself, I almost quit school altogether because I was like, I don't need my master's now. But I said, you know what? It was a goal I had. Let me finish it. But ultimately, I was, you know, designed, you know, we're designed to be employees and to think that this is what we're supposed to do. Oh, I wanted a program director position so bad I could smell it. I wanted to be a clinical director. Like I knew what I was doing and I was climbing. And, and then I said, you know what? When I started my business, I said, there's no limit. If I want to create classes, if I want to have events, if I want to do a book, if I, I can do whatever I want. When I wake up in the morning, however this mission goes, however helping people looks, whatever people need, I don't have limitations on how I can help people anymore. I don't have 15 minutes to go in and assess a full house. I don't have 30 days to close a case. I don't have that anymore. And yeah. that freedom alone and listening to you and your experience, I'm like, wow, I can't. I don't care when it comes out. It's going to be powerful and it's going to be right on time and it's going to be perfect Aww. for people that need it. So Thank that's you. all that matters. And I just, I, I even yeah. love the acronym. I'm going to say the acronym again, y'all. It is method. It's an acronym for mindfulness, emotions, thoughts, healing, own your dreams and just do it. <laughs> I love it because we get in our own heads and we get paralyzed. Yeah, I love, I, I totally relate to what you just said about the mental health field. I felt like it was in the dark ages. It is. For several years. It, it, and so now that I'm out and I'm seeing all these coaches, like we get to be innovative. Yep. And I just think that it, mental health really needs, and I actually think mental health is coming along now. I'm seeing a little bit of a change yeah. and I'm more innovative. Probably have to catch up with coaches. I don't know. But anyway, it's, it's needed to get people on board that they don't have to pathologize themselves anymore. That we're all just mostly normal people that just need to know how to handle the, the human experience. And, and I love that because I want people to know that, you know, suffering from anxiety occasionally when you have things going on, I mean, it's, it's almost normal. It's just learning how to deal with it. You know, if you got right. something going on, I have been anxious all week. Because I have big things happening and I'm outside of my comfort zone because I'm yeah. forcing myself to not live in doubt and fear anymore. And to anybody that is anxious. And so that's why I tell everybody, sometimes anxiety is great because it's pushing you and you need it, but you can't go back. You can't go back and crawl up into your little hole and say, no, 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 I don't want to do it. I can see the change, but I'm not going to step. No, you just have to keep going. And, and whenever I see people that get that, it's just awesome. Um, what you're doing is awesome. And you also mentioned healthy relationships. Oh, my gosh. Can everybody take that? I mean, yeah. that's when you start realizing what you're worth and, and start limiting the access to toxic people around you and toxic energy and even going to work and hating it, you know, those kind of things. I think that that's when you really start to see that transformation and you help people with all of that. And I think 
to anyone, you guys, when you guys are looking for a coach or you're looking for somebody, look at the experience that they have and see if it's a benefit. Because when you have somebody with this type of background, personal development coaching is awesome because what I preach is personal development. What changed my life and, and, and started my business booming was me getting up and doing devotion in the morning, being intentional about what I listen to when I want to listen to music, not watching TV like I used to. You know, I, I barely even turn it on. I, I'll sit with the volume all the way down and have my computer in my lap and work. Like, I don't even care about TV because I don't care who's out there and what's on social media because I'm driven. And when you find your purpose and you're whole and healthy, you know, the sky is the limit. And you help people go from, from you know, that dark place to, to the light, but also with the um, education and 20 years of experience that's golden because you got a lot of people who coach, but that does not mean that they have experience. Yeah. One of the things that I tell people is when you're looking for somebody, call a few people and ask them, tell them what's going on for you and ask them specifically, how can you help me? Because if you can hear from them how they're going to help you, then you can better screen if that person is right for you. I, so, yeah. I, thank you. for Yeah. So do you have anything else that you want listeners to know about that you have coming up or working on? Well, I am going to be coming. I have a, I'm working on a women's coaching program, a women's coaching group, and it's going to be crush your inner critic. And it's going to be six weeks of uh, just a ton of skills and really experiential work, doing some inner child work, identifying what your negative core beliefs are managing your emotions, uh, transforming that whole, like we talked about earlier, reprocessing any uh, experience that, that caused you to have these negative core beliefs about yourself and transforming it so that you can finally value yourself. Love that word, value. Change that price tag, y'all. Change it. <laughs> You're worth more. So, so I do have that group coming out, yep. And then I'll have my Max Method workbook coming out. Who knows when? I'll let you know. I'll keep you posted. Good. But, uh, yeah, so if anybody, oh, and let's see. I, yeah, if anybody wants to opt in, when you put in the link, I'll put in maybe a link to an opt-in page for okay. uh, more information. Okay. Yeah. Tell listeners how to find you. You can find me at maxmethod.com, and that's M-A-X-X-M-E-T-H-O-D. Dot com. Uh, you can find me at Facebook, facebook.com max method. I'm on Instagram, um, mostly Facebook and Instagram, a little bit on LinkedIn. I think I'm going to start doing LinkedIn a little bit more. So yeah. Um, and I, I can see people face to face. I do have offices in Gilbert in Phoenix or online. And yeah, I do individual coaching online as well. All right, y'all out there in Arizona. You have full access. I want to thank you for being here. You are a breath of fresh air. I mean, Aww, thank I really you. talk to you and pick your brain all day. Um, yeah, thank you. I enjoyed talking to you. I love uh, your energy. Thank you. Well, listeners, that's another edition of Your Voice, Your Power uh, with Christy Maxey from Max Method. Um, and so um, happy Friday. Stay powerful and have a wonderful weekend. Bye, y'all.